from PRX. This is Studio 360. I'm Kurt Anderson. On Luke Cage, the Marvel series on Netflix, the music is almost everything. Cheo Hadari Coker is the show's creator and boss. I'm a blurred, which is a black nerd. Um, I'm also a hip-hop aficionado and critic, and at the same time, I'm the executive producer, creator, and showrunner of Marvel's Luke Cage. Because music is so integral to Luke Cage, we asked Coker to break down exactly how music is used in a few scenes in the first episode of the brand new second season. I'm Lauren Hansen, a producer on Studio 360. The music of Luke Cage is a mix of original score, pre-recorded songs, and live performances. That sound comes from composers Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad, the DJ from Tribe Called Quest. They take their cues from the show's creator, Cheo Hodari Coker, a former music journalist. I'm a hip-hop showrunner. It just permeates every decision that we make on the show because we're not just making decisions about plot. The whole thing has to feel a certain way. It's, it's a very 90s New York hip-hop vibe. Luke Cage's story in the Marvel Universe is that he's a man who feels no pain. The backstory on how he got this superpower is that he had been in prison and was subjected to an experiment that made his skin impenetrable to weapons like knives and guns. In season one, he wrestled with the responsibility of this newfound strength, while still grieving the loss of his wife, Reva Connors, who had died violently. But season two is a Luke Cage where he's different. He's different from the standpoint that he's accepted being a hero. He's also now a local celebrity, and he's trying to find that balance between being a local celebrity but at the same time fighting crime and using his reputation by name to stamp out crime. And so where we open in this first sequence is really kind of the start of that. The scene opens with a black screen. The only sound is Shook Ones by Mob Deep, the 90s rap group from Queens. As soon as you hear this click, don't, don't click, don't, don't, don't up, click, don't. Uh, Immediately, hardcore hip-hop fans yeah. are saying, oh man, it's Mob Deep, it's about to get real. And then Luke, played by Mike Coulter, appears. It's night, and Luke is in shadow, facing away from us. He pulls his hoodie up over his head. Camera cuts to his open palm, which holds a small plastic bag that has his name printed on one side. Okay, of course, you notice that it's, it's a yellow packet with, with you know, his name in black, because black and yellow is kind of Luke's signature color. The camera pulls us into this dingy, dimly lit room, and we see about a dozen women. They're wearing hairnets, protective face masks, and no shirts, just bras. They're standing around a table, and we can see they're making and filling those yellow Luke Cage packets. So we're in a drug lab where a very potent heroin is hitting the streets, and, they, and they're calling it Luke Cage. We see as the song builds that he's coming in, he walks in the room, so everyone's kind of freaking out and running out. And Luke, at this point, everybody knows who he is. So he steps out of the shadows. Really, guys? Hey, you gotta know we tried, man. Boom, hits the music again. So you understand that the music you're hearing is from his POV. And so he's 
basically is kind of fighting to this rhythm and this is kind of his workout. And so he works his way through these guys and then, you know, the whole premise of pick up one guy and say, Tell any fool dumb enough to put my name on a package that I'm coming. You hear me? And then sends the guy running off. And then, of course, we see this corner kid. Yo, I got that Luke Cage. That Luke Cage. Shit is bulletproof. Who's hasn't gotten the memo yet. What's my name? The corner kid runs off. Luke puts his hoodie back on and walks out into the night in slow-mo as the song Shook Ones keeps playing underneath. Of course, Shook Ones is about people that are halfway crooks, people that, people that aren't really authentic trying to be something. And here's the real thing. In one sequence, we're kind of saying to the audience, we're back. But at the same time, we're also trying to say, like, we're establishing, you know, a, a different Luke. We're establishing a Luke that has embraced his power and a, a Luke that has a certain swagger to him. The show will resume very, very shortly. But first, I wanted to take this opportunity to remind you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Studio 360 Show. And now, back to the podcast. It's not just hip-hop that's important to the Luke Cage soundtrack. There's also blues, R&B, and reggae. Here's another scene, and it features the song Night Nurse by Gregory Isaacs. Gregory Isaacs' Night Nurse. It's a very seductive song. It's sexual, but at the same time, it's also, there's mourning and loss inside. This heart is broken too. First, we see Misty Knight, played by Simone Missick. She's the fierce NYPD detective, sympathetic to Luke's crime-fighting cause. She herself has paid a price for battling Luke's villains, losing an arm in a previous battle, which forced her to work a desk job. And so here she is, alone, Night nurse is playing, she's getting drunk, and she really is kind of embodying the, the kind of poignant, lonesome moment of the song. This heart is broken in two. While Night Nurse is still playing, we also see a scene between Luke Cage and Claire Temple, his girlfriend, played by Rosario Dawson. And there's this kind of like erotic moment. You have Luke and Claire dancing in the apartment and eventually making love. Then the other thing that's interesting is kind of meta because there was always talk that Claire Temple's role was potentially, there was a character, the obscure character in Marvel Universe called the Night Nurse who basically would help or attend to or heal different superheroes that were injured and so of course you have a song called Night Nurse and it's a moment that really kind of features Claire Temple so there's kind of a double entendre with that (laughs) it really fully establishes also the fact that Jamaica and Jamaican rhythm is going to be an important part of the soundscape of the second season the main villains, among the many in this series, are Mariah Dillard, played by Alfre Woodard, who owns the Harlem Paradise Club, and her lover and henchman, Hernan Alvarez, who goes by Shades. He's played by the actor Theo Rossi. Shades has helped Mariah shift from local politics to organized crime, but she's a mess. She's drinking more and making risky financial moves. The interesting thing about their relationship is that he's supposed to be grooming her for crime, and so to a certain extent, Shades is Lady Macbeth, and Mariah is Macbeth. 
And then what happens is that things flip because as she becomes more adept at violence and then violence becomes a solution over the series of the show, it's not too much to spoil saying that eventually Shades becomes alienated by that. This moment with Nina Simone, this album, it's her debut album. It's the one that has My Baby Just Cares For Me and Mood Indigo. It has this really sensual feel that to a certain extent in the subtext talks about how Mariah Dillard needs Shades and Shades needs her. In this scene, Shades finds Mariah at home in her pristine brownstone getting drunk in the middle of the day. But this scene is where we fully establish their relationship, not just in terms of the emotional connection, but also just it's just how sultry and sensual their connection is. Because if you look at this moment, I mean, it's almost uncomfortably sensual. That's not your usual. It's my grandmother's favorite. It's her birthday today. Why celebrate someone you hate? That's what family is for. It's the hate that makes it special. You know, do I really want to be, be here? Like, I, maybe I should give them their privacy. Don't you want to give her non a chance? Instead of shades. They were able to generate that kind of heat and chemistry. And that match with this song is just really just a, a beautiful moment, honestly. And, and one, of, one of my favorite musical moments in the entire series. I trust you, man. Like no one else. Mm. You rock me. The nightclub Harlem's Paradise is itself a character on the show. Episodes often end at the club, and so many key plot points happen there. The performers on stage generally are huge recording artists, and their songs are selected as much for their content as their mood, becoming a part of the plot itself, or illuminating or commenting on the conversations characters are having elsewhere. When it comes to the club, Harlem's Paradise is a nightclub in Harlem. And yes, it's a nightclub, but at the same time, it's also a seat of power. Mariah Dillard is the older cousin of, of Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes, and together they have inherited the family business, which is Harlem's Paradise. Every single character has a certain kind of musical sensibilities. Whoever is standing on the Cottonmouth perch controls the music in the club and also controls Harlem. So, for example, Mariah's first ascension in, at the end of season one is that Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings are, are performing 100 Days. 100 days, 100 nights, and no man's heart. And that song kind of is when Mariah is crowned. And so that's why they're performing, because that's what Mariah wants to hear in the club. Mariah's musical tastes veer from Nina Simone and, and that kind of jazz to when she does listen to R&B, she listens to neo-soul. She, 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 she would listen to Joy, Erica Badu, Lauryn Hill, those, those modern singers that, that have a certain old soul sensibility. For the second season, the opening performer at Harlem's Paradise is the singer Joy. Standing on stage in a shimmery gown and a feathery headpiece, her band behind her, she sings three songs to a packed audience. I did. 
Now this first song that we use with Joy is No Gray Matter, which is on her new album. You don't really fully appreciate Joy until you see her perform live. She has this incredible presence, not only as an R&B artist, but also she has a certain rock sensibility. She's, she's Her voice can fit over anything. She's really underappreciated, and so it was really the opportunity to introduce people to her new music, but then at the same time also to pick some of her other songs that um, I felt also fit a certain vibe in the club. So the second song is What If I Kissed You Right Now, the rhythm of which kind of introduces, you know, the very, you know, Luke wearing a suit kind of entering the club and kind of that whole thing. And then really the other song, which is the ballad, I Love You Forever Right Now. Which really, in terms of the lyrics, and it's such a beautiful ballad, but also for to have that song being playing underneath Luke um, and Claire and, and Luke for the first time since Reva died, telling someone that he loves them. Every time I look at Misty's arm, or, or what used to be her arm, I think of you and what could have happened. You don't think I do the same thing? That song was really perfect for that moment. That's the risk that we take. No, she takes that risk. I take that risk. That's our job, not yours. You're not invincible. Somebody's gonna figure out how to hurt you. They already have. Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad are our composers. They mix their incredible hip-hop pedigree with a knowledge of pairing the perfect music with visuals and scoring. Adrian and Ali actually re-recorded all three songs so that we could give it a, a live sensibility. And so I, I just think there was a collaboration of, of Joy and what she composed and what she sang combined with Adrian and Ali, you know, remaking the songs live for our show that just makes for a very compelling opening number in Harlem's Paradise. You can't lose me. Woman, you are a pain in my ass. You know that? You're no picnic either. Luke Cage might be the first time a lot of people will hear artists like Mob Deep, Joy, or even Nina Simone, but that's a part of Coker's plan to expose a wider audience to this range of African American music and leave them wanting more. We're just showing how it's like Harlem itself. When you're walking down the street, when you're walking down Lenox Avenue, you will hear all different types of music coming out of different cars or coming out of, out of store windows or coming out of apartments. And we have the same approach, the same eclectic approach to music on the show. You're going to hear the entire spectrum of African-American music and have that musical experience because for some people, this is, the, this is really their first deep dive into black music.
That story was produced by Studio 360's Lauren Hansen. The second season of Marvel's Luke Cage is available now on Netflix. Thanks for listening, and you can subscribe to Studio 360 at iTunes or Overcast or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 